number 10 for Brendan Taylor. We're talking about Rivada, we're talking about how good he is. And there it is. It's 39th one day international 100. The King gets his crown at the Adelaide Oval. Go on, take it. Deep mid-wigan. Glenn Maxwell celebrates. Eric Coley cannot believe it in the middle of the ground. Welcome to the DNet Stumps podcast. Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket show with expert analysis by Dean Duplessis. Hello and welcome to the Dean at Stumps podcast with me, Dean Duplessis. Great to have you along on the show as per normal. And if you're listening for the first time via a friend of a friend of a friend and maybe you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, well, Dean at Stumps is available on all the major podcast feeds, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Overcast, Downcast, Pocketcast. It's also available on Google and you can download the Anchor app as well. So there's a great deal of wonderful interviews for you to listen to with because it is a cricket lover's undiscovered treasure trove. Now, the next name may not be particularly familiar to those beyond Zimbabwe's borders, but back in the 1998 Under-19 World Cup, he burst onto the scene as a big, promising, tall, fast bowler who extracted bounce and also bowled with quite a bit of pace and rhythm. David Mutendera is the next guest we'll be speaking to. So uh, these days, Diva, as he is affectionately known, is also part of the selection panel of Zimbabwe cricket, but he's also done some very good stuff at the various or in the various age groups as well. Uh, His passion of coaching young kids is certainly very, very good to see as well. So uh, David Mutendera, as I alluded to, made his... uh, announced himself, I guess, as a promising young talent back in the Under-19 World Cup, which was played in South Africa in 1998. And uh, he starts off by telling us the very fond memories of that World Cup. So many. I think that's uh, when my my career blossomed, to be honest. Um, I always had, um, you know, ambitions to play for my national team, which is Zimbabwe. And uh, at that Under-19 World Cup, I discovered... uh, how to really bow well with uh, with rhythm. Um, they always say that sometimes when you get it, it just comes naturally. Yeah. And uh, after years of being coached as a as a cricketer, um, it all came together as a bowler. And uh, I bowled my quickest at that 1998 uh, World Cup in South Africa. And um, I got recognition, uh, was selected for the World Eleven after the That's tournament. Um, so it's the biggest achievement in my life, to be honest. Yes, biggest achievement is to play Test cricket uh, for Zimbabwe, and playing ODIs for Zimbabwe. But making the World Eleven for me was a was one of the greatest achievements ever in my cricket career. Mm, absolutely, and and who who would have been alongside you in that under nineteen? Uh, Flintoff right. um, was there, so you had um, uh, Chris Gale, always Shah. Uh, there was a guy called because uh, England won that World Cup. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Keys, I think, and now he's doing yes, commentary. Right. Yeah, uh, Robert Key, yeah, yeah, yeah Robert top Keys. order batsman. Um, Kuma Sangakara, but I stand to be corrected. Yeah. Um, uh, Ramadish Sawan. Wow, West Indies. Yeah. West Indies, yes, he did very well as well. And uh, Marcus North. Oh, uh, yeah, Australian. He yeah, he played for Australia as well. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some of the bigger names, the guys who went on to play international cricket that I, I do remember. So. 
And Mulele Kinkala was the 12th man for that World Eleven team as well. Wow. He was my opening uh, uh, bowling partner in the, for our under-19 Zim team. So we actually did well as a team there at that uh, 1998 World Cup. Mm. We qualified for the Super 8 stages. You know, Super 8 stages like qualifying for the quarterfinals. So we got out of our group where we had the West Indies, Papua New Guinea, Australia and ourselves. Uh, we won against West Indies and Papua New Guinea, and then we lost to Australia. Uh, we finished second, so we qualified for the Super 8, which is a, a great achievement for us. For us to qualify, we had to win our last game against the West Indies. We had the, uh, the likes of Chris Gale, Ramnish Sawan, and the Malan Summers as well was there. So they had actually a formidable side, and, and, and we, we won that game by four wickets, I remember. Glenn Barrett betted very well. Uh, myself and Mulelege both very well up front, I remember. And um, it was a great achievement, to be honest. And no one expected us, the bookies actually, if, if they, they, they didn't expect Zimbabwe to come out with that group. Really? And even us, when we went in there, we thought this is a tough group, you know, having Australia and the West Indies in the, in the same pool as us. But we put it off nicely and uh, we progressed to the, to the next stage. Mark Vermeulen got 100 there as well, didn't he? 130-something in one of those games? Uh, uh, you know what? He, he did. He, he was our captain, actually. And yeah. Uh, yeah, believe, believe it or not, mm. um, I think he was a good leader, to be honest. He was hungry all the time. Really? I can't remember which, which match he made 100, but uh, he, he actually had a, a decent tournament as well. I think it's probably one of those that was in this match, if I'm not mistaken. But I Glenn Barrett so also better at war, yes. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, so we had the likes of Dion Ibrahim in that team as well. Um, yes. I remember Dion Ibrahim actually batting very well against South Africa on a very tricky wicket at Port, Port Elizabeth, yeah. where unfortunately you lost the toss and you were inserted to bat, which of course would have been South Africa's strong point. And in no time, some very good South African. Do you remember some of the. Who, who would. Uh, I, I remember uh, that very talented batsman, Mornay van Wyk, who. Yes. Unfortunately, Mone van Beek yeah. was the wicketkeeper batsman. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I think he played a couple of tests, if not one test for South Africa. A couple of ODIs. Yeah, a couple of ODIs as well. Good player. He was. Yeah. Jacques Rudolph, left-hander, yeah, yes. good player as well. You know, he didn't play as many matches for South Africa, but he's a wonderful player. Yeah. Um, Victor Pesang is now called doing commentary. Very good commentator. Yeah. Uh, Excellent team. Tamit Solakile. Yeah. Brilliant was also part of Brilliant wicketkeeper. He's also played a couple of tests, if not a couple of ODIs as well. He did. Um, those are the guys who, who were in that South African team. Yes, I, I remember. Robbie it, Peterson was there as well. The yeah, left spinner. Yes, he didn't exactly. play against Zimbabwe. Yes, Zimbabwe, but yes. Yes, Rob, yes yeah. Robbie Peterson was also there. Yes. Yeah, yeah we, we we played them at uh, in, in Port Elizabeth at St George's Park. Yeah. And about uh, war, well, I think I got one wicket, but didn't go for many. Um, again, like I said, we lost it. We lost the toss, and we we could have uh, bowled first, but we ended up batting on a tricky wicket, yeah. and we didn't score many on the scoreboard. Uh, Sri Lanka is the was our next match. I think this is the quickest I've ever bowled, really? uh, especially that under nineteen World Cup. They reckon I was bowling at one forty five. Goodness me! Uh, Super Sport where have those uh, videos um, of me bowling. That's what made me. Uh, Get selected for, mm-hmm. for for the World Eleven. Yeah, I, I, I bought very quickly Your pace and, 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 and accurate as well. Accurate. Yeah. I went basically for nothing against Sri Lanka zero for like nine. I think in ten overs straight. I bought ten overs Goodness straight, me. and um, I felt good. And that, that whole all the matches that were played in the in in, in the in the Super Eight, I, I bought my quickest, and um, it was it, it was a wonderful feeling. It's the best feeling I've ever had as a bowler, and. Um, 
that took me far from there. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we played New Zealand. Unfortunately, we lost all of our matches in the Super yeah, 8 yeah. We, uh, with New Zealand, which had the Marshall brothers. That same team went on to went into the final, but then unfortunately they then lost to England. And um, yeah, good memories, especially the under, under, under 19 World yeah, Cup. I got yeah. plenty of wickets and ball fast and got recognized. And you, you Mulelek and Carla actually formed a very good opening partnership in that because at one stage it was quite bizarre in the sense that Mark Vermeulen, uh, going into the Super 8s, Mark Vermeulen had scored the most runs in mm -hmm. the World Cup. Yeah. Mulelek and Carla had taken the most wickets. Because, I mean, who yeah. would have thought that you would have had that, you know, two Zimbabweans yeah. doing so well? Mulelek and Carla was the joint leader, I think, with uh, one of the players. I think it's probably one of the English players yeah. for the most wickets of that World Cup. Uh, I got recognition for bowling fast and 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 also I think I had about eight or nine wickets and Mulele had about twelve. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, so I was way up there, uh, but it was the pace that I generated, and Vermeulen embedded well in the group stages, but unfortunately he didn't kick on in the Super Eights. Um, so I think our batting was our downfall in the Super Eights. We didn't bat so well, and um, yeah, but you know what? Those are great memories, and 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 we played well as a team. And most of us ended up playing for the national team. I, I was just about to say, um, and I suppose uh, once it, just talk because apparently the the management setup of that under nineteen that you had were incredibly good and and very helpful as well. Your, your coach was Ian Butchart, if I remember correctly. It was Ian Butchart, and uh, our manager was Shane Clute, if I'm not mistaken. And I think George Lee Bell, Mr. George Lee Bell, had a uh, was also. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he, you're right. He was your but, manager. Yeah, and, yeah. And George Libel was our manager, and yeah. then uh, Ian Butcher was our coach. Yes. Yes. But before that, Shane Clute used to also be the manager. So yeah, that's right. That's correct. So you can get the honor easily, easily, easily made mistake. Easily made. <laughs> yes, it was George Libel, and he was uh, he was a school teacher at Princeton at that that's time right. as well. That's right. So that's right. yeah, very good management team. I think Ian Butcher as well was a good coach. He, he actually helped me quite a lot during that World Cup uh, with my bowling. So. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a good, good coaching um, management that we had. Uh, whereas George was good as a manager and uh, good in terms of men management. Yeah, uh, being a school teacher, <laughs> handling, handling, <laughs> handling under eighteen, young under nineteen boys. Yes, <laughs> and indeed, not long after that, nineteen ninety nine. Mm -hmm. In Kenya, you made your debut. I think it was a quadrangular tournament. So what there, there was Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. Kenya. Uh, South Africa and India. And Zimbabwe had a problem because he streak, uh, who had bowled his heart out against the Australians in the one-off test match, those knees that he always had problems with flared up quite badly. Mm -hmm. And that was him out of action oh, for a couple of months. He yeah. was only back in January of 2000. An ideal opportunity for you now, again, to get the recognition that you so richly deserved and you made your debut for Zimbabwe. Now, what was that like earning? Who, can you remember who gave you your, your ODI cap and then your test cap? Do you remember any of that? We didn't have that tradition, unfortunately. Really? Not back then? To be honest, back then. Oh. Uh, but I know that uh, in terms of selection, uh, what I was told mm. is that Dave Houghton wanted me in the team, to be honest, uh, especially for my performances in the Under-19 World Cup. Your height as well. Yeah, yeah, but it was mainly about my performance in the Under-19 World Cup. So it was a it was, um, for me, it was an honor to represent my country that I'd done well, especially being recognized by the world, and then let alone your, your national team. They had to, mm. as far as I'm concerned, you know, make sure that at least, you know, they take care of this kid who's mm. being recognized in the world in terms of cricket. Um, so we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't have that tradition, as per se. So I just got my stuff from my manager. 
All right, you're going to Kenya. These are the practice dates. And then and, and just, you know, just jumped into the deep end. And uh, there I was swimming with the big lads. And um, that's as far as I remember. And our, fir our first game was against uh, uh, Kenya. That's the oh, first Kenya, match yes. that I played, yeah, yeah against yeah. Kenya in uh, in Nairobi at the Gymkhana Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was my start. So unfortunately, we didn't have that tradition actually. That's a shame. Mm. It's a real shame. And then, uh, so then on you went, and uh, you know, you were always Zimbabwe had so many fringe players, didn't they, in that yeah. particular era? So you were a fringe player, I guess, uh, to a certain extent. You yeah. know, the likes of Gavin Rennie, Pommy Mbangwa, yeah. uh, Dougie Hondo. Well, he was a little after you, but yeah. but he was there and thereabouts. And and you know, it was always people that when when there was an injury so his streak got injured or mm. maybe one of the batters got a bro you know had a an injury a broken hand or, or anything like then mm -hmm. suddenly the likes of yourself Rennie um a couple of other players as well I suppose Andrew Whittle the off-spinner yeah. would have been one of them how, how disruptive was it for you to you know did you did you find it difficult to settle in knowing that you were always on the cusp of being dropped even if it was for the return of a player such as Heath Streak who obviously was Zimbabwe's premier strike bowler you know honestly first up I didn't think I was selected that way but um you know that's how the the media perceived it and uh, it it's only now that it doesn't sit well with me but when I got selected I I deserved it and I, as you said, we're the fringe players. There has to, they have to be fringe players in every team, mm -hmm. and um, there was quite a, a lot of us. You know, like you mentioned, John Rain was always in and out of the team, and then I came along, also. So it was here no longer the Zumpomelo Mbangba. I remember going with all of those guys on tour, and I remember opening the bowling with uh, John Rainey and Mpomelo Mbangba didn't play, and uh, we had other seamers. I can't remember what it was. I think it was Blicknot, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So there was a three. Men attack and the spinner. I think it was uh, a Wito. Uh, yes, Andy Wito was the was the the, the fourth bowler. But um, yeah, it, it didn't bother me then because I knew I was selected on merit. But the fact that you know that when the senior player comes, you have to make way. It's part and parcel of uh, of uh, of uh, of sport, to be honest. And I think we all see that in major sports that sometimes it's not easy to make your own place in the team when you've got seasoned players. We have done well, and 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 to be honest, Stricky, you know, he's a world player. He's, he's a world class player, and we we you can tell with his test that he has, and and yeah. the, the achievement that he, the things that the 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 the, the performances that he's put in for the national team. So it was always going to be hard, but you always wanted to cement your team in the, you cement your place in the team. Mm -hmm. So I was picked on on, on merit, and uh, and I wanted it to stay that way. But you always felt like every time. Uh, a bigger player, as per se, was back from injury, had to make way. But uh, how unfortunate it was, but I think I, I stuck around for, for, for three matches in, uh, in Nairobi, so I played against India and uh, Kenya, and then... Uh, and you played against South Africa, because you and Neil Johnson... Uh, Kenya, South Africa, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. and Neil Johnson, yes. My apologies, Neil yeah. Johnson was one of them, yes. Yeah. And, um, and then came back and played... Uh, um, a three-match series against all the Aussies. Played all three of them, and then I think Stricky then got back. Yes, okay. and after I'd bought war and uh, taking the new ball with the, with the, so disappointing um, that I had to make way when you actually had all the guys in the team who should have been making way for the youngsters. But yeah. again, you know what? Selectors have their own way of looking at things, and maybe 
thinking that maybe I'm still a youngster or still got what? Still got time. And um, yeah, I'd, but it, it, I didn't drop my head. I kept on working hard and I got selected for other series thereafter. But it was always, uh, I was always in and out of the team, which is kind of disappointing and, and disheartening. Yeah, very, very disheartening, I'm mm. sure. Were, were, there, were there maybe perhaps people from, from the media, you know, experienced journalists or, or maybe you know, to be direct, uh, former or, or current, you know, black players, your, some of your friends, family members who would approach you and say, I'm not so sure that this is actually based on merit. I think that these are, because remember, they would have been predominantly white selectors uh, with a predominantly white team. So they basically made sure that they, just to make sure that they had everything uh, crossed, you know, in terms of, of policies that you were picked. Uh, now Streak is back. Well, of course, he deserved to be back because you've already alluded to the fact that he, look, I mean, he was a world-class player. You can't leave him out of your side. Yeah. So, but but were, were, there big, were there whisperings and mutterings to say, I'm not so sure you've been left out because of lack of form. I think there could be other reasons behind it. You know, I always wanted not to think that way, that uh, just because I was a non-white player that I should make way. Um, but it looked like that way. Um, it didn't look that way, and to be honest with you, the only time I played with uh, with two non-whites in the team, it was myself and the batsman. I was a baller, as you know, and uh, that time was when, when we played Australia, when we had uh, Trevor Madondo in and myself as a seamer. We never had an attack which had two non-white guys uh, opening the bowling for Zimbabwe, which I always find strange and um, very disappointing. So it was always... I felt like the nine white players, the black players, always had to fight for one place in that team. And if it wasn't fighting for that one place in the team, it's either we were all not playing. So it's either it was myself or my Tambanazo or, or Henry fighting for that one place on Pumelo Lombangwa. It was never the two of us at, 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 at one point playing in the same match. Even in, when <clears throat> Mbangwa and uh, and uh, and um, uh, and uh, Olonga were playing, just the two of them. It's either one of them was playing and the other was sitting, sitting out. It was a difficult situation for us. It was always one of those where they just felt like, okay, um, we you know we 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 are, we've got a couple of uh, non-white players who can play, or we've got one who can play, but they're still not good enough. Which is sad, really, because that's what it looked. That's what it looked like, and that's how it was. And it was always difficult for us. So it was always like you knew that you're always fighting with another black person for one place in the team. So I think our selection was just based on one place, one one spot in the team. Disappointing, really. But um, you know what? Such was the the situation then. But you couldn't be vocal about it because you didn't want to get victimized. But to be honest with you, Dean, it's uh, it's devastating and and. And to be honest, it, it's frustrating. And, and, and that's why only a few of them made it then. Because it was always, you always knew that you only, there was only one spot for you. And if you look at it, Trevor, as a batsman, as a, nine, uh, as a black person, he was fighting for a spot in the batting lineup. And that's just him. And there, that one place was only left for one black player. Like what you alluded and you said, do you feel that this was happening? It was happening. Mm-hmm. And... There was no time where it was said, you know what, we're just going to pick according to merit. If it's going to be three black players forming the attack for Zimbabwe, four black players forming the attack for Zimbabwe, and two other best men, then it could have been fair. Um, but, you know what, 
that's how it was. It was difficult for us. Some people may think otherwise, but it was very, very difficult. We just uh, had to play or had to be as good, as twice as good as the white players to actually make the team. Uh, even in the first class, we had to take a lot of wickets. I, have, I had to make the World Eleven team for me to get recognised so that I could play for the national team. So you look back, at, I mean, that was 20 years ago, and, and I suppose life moves on, but you, you must feel very, I mean, so we've now heard accounts of Lungingidi, Makai and Tini, and I've absolutely no doubt that more and more stories will come out, um, you know, of black players being victimized or, or you know, be, be basically being picked just to say, well, you know what, we better make sure that there's a, a black player on the side, otherwise we're going to land up in a whole bunch of hot soup with the authorities, just make sure he gets in there and if it doesn't bow well, uh, well, then that'll be a good enough reason to drop him. Because, I mean, uh, you've mentioned, you've alluded to the fact that uh, Trevor Madondo, so that's a very good example that you used because those the other fringe players there, for example, Craig Wishart, yes. Stuart Carlyle, Yes. And then uh, Gavin Rennie, the top order yeah. batsman as well. They were all struggling, those yeah. guys. They were struggling. They were struggling big time, especially the Stuart Kalau played for 10 years. Yeah. Didn't score any, but he kept on being in the team. I, I don't want to ruin people's reputation. No, no, here, of course. We, no, no. And but we're, not but, but we're just that. giving as an yeah. example. No, no, you know yeah, what I'm no, saying? No, no. He, you know what? He, he had his time, and he, if we were selectors picking him, then that's fair enough. But yeah. there's so many, you know, like what you said. The fact that sometimes it just felt like, okay, we need to squeeze in a non-white player to be in there. Sometimes you have to play with 11 white players and you had guys who deserve to be in that team sitting or carrying drinks. You know what? It, 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 sometimes it really, it, it's, it's disappointing. Bring a tear to your eye, I'm sure. Uh, it, it doesn't bring a tear to my eye, but it, 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 it was a tough word for yeah. us. Huh? Yeah. It was really, really tough, Din. It was knowing that, you know, there's six or seven of us there five guys from the Zime team and two are in the national team and you know that, hey, hang on guys, there's only one place for us, especially if you're all seamers. Mm. And back then I remember Trevor was still one of the guys who could bat. There was quite a lot of guys who could bat properly. There's some youngsters called Alistair Maraguedi. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was, um, who else can I can I mention? Yeah, this guy called Shepard Makunura, uh, Moses Chitari, all of those guys never got recognition because it was so tough to break into that betting lineup because it was just reserved for the source, you know, special boys yeah. as per se. Yeah. And and for us to actually even make that team, it 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 didn't go down well with some certain players. Just even one player, you know. And I can go back to my first test. My first test was horrible. You had players wanting not to play, all right, because I was selected. There I was as a twenty-year-old. Having been selected by selectors to play in a test match, and and then you have one senior player saying that I'm not playing because why is David Mutenda being picked? Why? Because I'm black. Is it? My, how do I feel going into a change room knowing that a player doesn't want to play? Is he a selector? He's one of us. Is he is he part of uh, of the selection panel? No, he wasn't part of the selection panel. Does he decide who plays and who doesn't play? But it shows how much power these guys had as players. You see what we, what we're working against. I, I've, I've never mentioned this, but my test debut was horrible. It was it 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 was, and you know what? I actually don't like to talk about it, but it's something that has always been in the back of my mind. It and, needs and, to be and, discussed. And, it does and, need to uh, be discussed. It's it, it, it's. It's it's a sad it's a sad situation when you have players who have been selected having a voice on who should be in the team or threatening to boycott and say no I'm not going to play because a certain player of color has been selected and uh, why is it my buddy is not playing? 
disappointing. And who would this who would this player have? No, I wouldn't be shy to say it. It was uh, Guy Whittle. Right, right. It was Guy Whittle. Right. He felt that uh, someone else should have played ahead of me. Why is he a selector? Was did he blow the? Did he, did he play so well? And 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 played like Andy Flower, or was he one of the greatest test players that we ever had in this country? No, he had, yes, he had a decent, he had a, he had, a, he had a decent uh, um, achievement in terms of uh, a, a player for Zim, but he he didn't, he shouldn't, he didn't have the power authority to decide who should be in the team. As far as I'm concerned, the captain and the selectors, yes, they play a part in terms of who they. They must have in the team, especially the captain can have a voice because he wants certain players in the team. He can sit with the selectors and say, no, I think, yes, you've given me 15 players. Can I have so and so and so? He's got a voice. Mm. Not some player, just an ordinary player. Absolutely. And, and so, Dean, you, this is how unfair the world was. But you know what? We just knuckled down and played. Who would, what do we have to fight about? Do we make noise about it? We just had to say, you know what? We just have to do as twice as they are for us to make the team. And it was true. We had to do that. Yeah. I remember being dropped after the Australian series, all right? And I was the one with the most... I'm the only one who took wickets yeah. in that series yeah. because we got thumped by nine wickets in the first game. I got the wicket of Gilchrist. In the second game, we got thumped by eight wickets. I got the wicket of Gilchrist, Gilchrist again. again. The nine. third one, I never got a wicket, but um, we were thumped again. I think it was by 10 wickets. Yeah. Then I'm the only one who gets dropped. So you see now, I get dropped after the series, never played for a couple of months, if not a year. And guess what? For me to get back in the team, I had to play in a match where I took nine wickets for them to say, oh, okay, hang on. That is outstanding. This guy has got to come back in the team. Why is it we had to just perform as twice as them for us to be recognized? So we discussed amongst ourselves. I'm like, you know what? The only way you're going to get selected, gentlemen, you can't just be good. You've you got to be excellent. As for other players, it was just okay for them to score a 50 or 70 and all of a sudden now he's got his form back. He's got to come back in the side. It wasn't not good enough for me to get three wickets or four wickets. It was not good enough. I had to take like three, four, fivers for me to be recognized. So the, the playing field was not level for all of us. When you, uh, absolutely. And, and Diva, when you, when you did make your test debut, that is against New Zealand. It was against New Zealand. Uh, Queen Sports Club in Bulawayo. Yeah. So as you've already alluded to it, it was horrible because of Guy Whittle wanting a... So who would he have then wanted to have played? Did he make, did he make it clear as to who he this wanted? This is what I remember, I think, from the article also that I read recently. I was reading about it because I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd brushed it away. I just said, you know, nonsense. Yeah. You know, I don't want someone to ruin my, my glory, my time of glory, my, the, the biggest moment of my life in, in terms of cricket. And as you know, test cricket is the, is the biggest... Uh, it's the, the pinnacle. It's the pinnacle. Yeah. It is the pinnacle of cricket. And uh, I, so I brushed it aside and I went on and played my test. But um, I then read an article by John Ward recently. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, apparently, Whittle had said that uh, um, they were preferring to play Wishart and not to play an extra seamer uh, ahead of me. So they were supposed to drop me. And then I think they were going to go with uh, two seamers and I think one all-rounder and a spinner. And uh, so Guy Wato was saying that that was his, that's what his thought was. So he wasn't going to step down. So we, we wanted Wishart in the team instead of David Mtendera. But there we go again, you see. Why then M for me? Why didn't he look for someone else, another Sima, who should have been out of the team? What has it got to do with a 20-year-old who's, who's deserved to be there? Who's just made the World Under-11 team, selective for the World 11 
team under 19. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why the why aim for a black player? Why didn't he think of someone else? But who is he to 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 to, to suggest that a, a team must be like this? When he himself is, is supposed to be selected as well and making the team. So, and did you ever feel a little victimized, not just in terms of selection, but for example, when you went on tour with a predominantly white team or even just in a dressing room, did you did, did any of the players, uh, you know, sort of try to be polite, but you, you could kind of see through their uh, veneer and you could see that they weren't really being particularly genuine? Who were those? Well, you don't have to name them, but, you know, did you feel comfortable amongst or around certain white players and not so, uh, uh, you know, and an uncomfortable around others? You know, and I think it's, it's playing cricket at that time. And to be honest, we always knew that you were playing a sport which was uh, predominantly dominated by white players. And um, it's something that you, you train yourself to deal with, if that makes sense. And um, never minded it, but at national team, it was tough. Um, because there, there I was as a youngster, and all of a sudden now you've got contracts, money comes into play, and they always think that this youngster is here to, to, to mess up. Mm our cake, to have a piece of our cake. So trying to make it difficult for you, uh, but that makes you strong as a player. Um, but you don't want to, I don't want to have a blanket treatment uh, on every player, but uh, there were some good players, very encouraging players. And I, and I, and I, and I would like to mention those encouraging yeah, players, yeah, you know, like absolutely. I think uh, Neil Johnson was awesome. Uh, Murray Gooden was always fair. Um, and, uh, I'll mention those two. Let me uh, put. Andy let me. Flower? Let me I, I, yeah. Andy Flower was was good on the field. Very very tough and uh, yeah. and uh, very supportive on the field of play. And I'll leave it there. Um, but to be honest with you, it was not easy. Uh, they always thought that you shouldn't be there. But you know what? That made me stronger and made me want to prove that I am a very good player. And I think that took me far to play. The little or more games that I did play for Zimbabwe, I would have, I would have given up a long time ago. But like what you said, comfortable, yeah, you know what, you're the certain players that you would chat to, but not really. You know, you, you, you're always like by yourself or you feel you're inclined to be with uh, people of your origin, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's funny you should say that I'm just, and I'm, I'm speaking uh, on memory now, very quickly off the top of my head. The only time I do remember Henry and Pomelelo Mbangwe playing to get bowling together was uh, when Zimbabwe were short of seamers. When, <laughs> do you remember there were two test matches? So there was the first against South Africa yeah. uh, in Bloemfontein, yeah. and Henry and Pommy opened the ball. It might have been Brian Strang, but anyway, they did play together then. Yeah, and then I was again, for that match. you were t- okay, in, all right. In wow, yeah. <laughs> and then again at Harare Sports Club, mm. again, where we had Brian Strang from his traditional golf course end and Henry from the city end. Mm. And Pommy also played in that, and I remember that because Henry and Pommy did such an incredibly good job in delaying the South Africa inevitability. Do you remember by batting and batting and yeah. batting for? But that it's interesting you should say that because, well, obviously it's very different now, but then when it was a predominantly white team, um, that, as you very correctly said, in, invariably you just always had your one black seamer or your one black batsman. Did you, did you at any point ever get together with your... Uh, with with former black players, you know, with a Henry or a Pumalelo uh, or a Trevor, and and say, well, guys, what are we going to do about this? You know, we we don't necessarily want to be nasty, but <laughs> we do need to make our point clear. Were they were they up for that, or did they just say, just focus on the game, and that's that? It was difficult then because we didn't have many. We not we were not 
well represented on the board. Uh, the president was black, Mr. Chingoka, but I don't know how much power he wielded, to be honest. Um, I think it was more of, um, um, you know what, it, it was more of, yeah, it'd been around. I fully understand, but we're not, we're not represented in terms of uh, mm. in the selection uh, panel, on the selection panel and uh, on the board itself. Right? So the only, like what I said earlier, is is that we we used to say that, guys, the only way we can make this yeah. good, good is not enough. But Superhuman we, efforts. We have to. That's yeah. our only way here. And we can't deal with politics as, at the moment because... We don't. We are players, and, and we don't have anyone to really represent us. And I think Peter's more focused on the bigger things because he's the president of what, of the union. And um, so it wasn't. We didn't do anything political about it. I, I think until, until further down the line, and uh, when we brought in someone that I'm not really proud of talking about, to be honest, and uh, he's the one who ended up uh, being uh, a, um, uh, the chairman of the. Integration uh, task force that was set up, uh, if you remember. Um, so further down the line, after frustrations, uh, I think I remember myself, Dalinton uh, Matambanazo, Everton Matambanazo, we're all playing for Universals. And then we say, you know what? And then Maxud, Maxud Ibrahim was the chairman of uh, Universal Sports Club. Yeah. And his father... The retired, if he's, if he's, yeah, retired uh, Chief Justice, I think it was. Yes. Chief Judge, yeah, Supreme Court Judge, uh, was on the board. Uh, that's when he said, you know what, enough of us trying to always have to um, fight hard for places. You know, what's the best way to go about this? And uh, suggestions were made that we find someone who can represent us in the, on a committee which was set up, which was called the Integration Task Force Committee. And... Uh, Osis Bute was the one who was selected. I was found, I was, yeah, we was discovered that we must go with him, apparently. It wasn't part of him to say that this is the guy that we selected, but it was it was some of the other guys who said that we should go go with him. I think it's the biggest mistake that we ever made. And I'll be frank about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's when we wanted to, that's when we started to make some change. You say, no, you know, enough is enough. If we have to force ourselves into this, we, we're going to have to go that way. And um, so Oz's job was to enforce integration of, of non-white players into the team and the fair selection across board in terms of cricket in Zimbabwe. And you know, the rest is history after that. Yeah, yeah. But at the time though, Diva, at the time you probably, th because... You know, looking at him, he stands tall. He's a big, broad-shouldered, muscular, you know, intimidating sort of a man. So in, in terms of the enforcer, in cricketing terms, he would have been the perfect enforcer, wouldn't he, to like a big fast bowler to come in and wrap up the tail. So I would imagine at the time you probably would have felt, not knowing, you know, what was going to happen, but nobody ever wanted Zimbabwe cricket to be in the state that it is now. All that All that people would have wanted is for people to have had a fair select to be selected fairly i'm i'm very sure that nobody would have wanted uh to see zimbabwe cricket the way that it is now but tell me something when things started happening when suddenly we had the so-called rebel mainly white players resign mm -hmm. was it initially before things started going wrong was there initially a sense of excitement to say, guess what, we've achieved what we wanted to achieve? And I guess I can only ask you on your behalf. I can't, you can't answer on, on other people's behalf, of course. 
Excitement, I, I wouldn't say excitement on my behalf because I was done already. I was, I was messed up already because I was in and out of the team. I think what we had achieved, what we were setting up was for the future generation. And I think the, the, you know how many players then came through after that. Um, I think Stuart Matsikiri was was one of them <clears throat> going further down the line, to be honest. Excitement, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it as excitement, but we were trying to achieve fairness. And um, it was good to see that, yes, that's what we wanted to achieve. And I think, to be honest with you, as much as they were, they were trying to set quarters and say certain players should be playing at a certain time, uh, most of those kids were selected. They were selected on merit, and now all of a sudden there was there was a bit of fairness. Mm. It wasn't as hard as it was for us, and uh, it was done for a good reason. And and look at it now, the way that the teams are selected, it's it's all on merit. We've got a rainbow rainbow team, as per se, in terms of presentation. Yeah. Whoever is 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 doing well at that given time plays. You know, white, Indian, black. They all play. This is what we're trying to achieve. Back then, it was not happening, yeah. and 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 it was hard on us. It, and if you're not strong mentally, you'd disintegrate. So to be honest, there's a sigh of relief in terms of well, okay, now at least the best player must what must play. The sad thing about it was, you see, how much of these white players or the nine white or the white players, how comfortable or or powerful they were to the extent that they thought that if they boycott, cricket would not exist in Zimbabwe. See, that attitude was more of, you guys are not good enough. If we leave right now, this thing is going to die. But it didn't die. As much as the standards dropped because they walked away, it was understandable because a new team had to be selected. But that attitude was bad. But guess what? Cricket carried on. But this is the attitude which they had. And this is the attitude, this is the kind of people that I dealt with. And the Matambanazos, the Olongas, and the Mbangwas dealt with during that time. So can you imagine when people are saying them, this is what we want to propose. And uh, someone is saying, no, if you want to propose that, then we're leaving. Because you guys are still not good enough. What, what gives you the authority that, you know, you can demand fairness? How sad. Did you, Diva, did you ever feel, though, that there were certain black players who had a bit more favoritism? So, for example, from 16 years old, everybody kind of knew that Tatenda Taibu, regardless of whether he was scoring runs or not particularly keeping well, it was felt that he would be the next wicketkeeper. Now, was there a, a bit of favoritism? So I've certainly spoken, spoken to white players mm. who felt that a lot of um, other white players were favorited or had, were preferred, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean, uh, over... So it wasn't just always a white on black or black on white. But there were certain white players, no matter what they did wrong, they were always selected. Um, did you ever feel that amongst yourselves, amongst black people, that, gee, was this guy keeps... I keep taking yes. wickets, you know, and, and for some reason the, the selectors or the board really like this guy, no matter what he does wrong, yes. no matter what I do right, this guy keeps being picked over me. Yes, um, there was. And there's one which comes to mind, to be honest. Uh, just mainly the boys, the the black boys who went to private schools. Right. They always had uh, an advantage over us, and I think it was more of uh, uh, the white players having a, you know, a bit of relation, uh, you know, closely relationship in terms of 
the background and 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 the way they grew up together or or they were old boys of uh, of certain uh, privileged schools and uh, those players always got an advantage over us so and to be honest with you if you want to look at it and uh, one of them and I was Mulekinkala I think we playing when it's in form 4 playing for the national team out of the blue and what it deserved to make the team I still wonder up to this day um this is my opinion about it and and, and I'm and I'm serious about that and uh, there was favoritism and I think because I think they they were they were more happier with a more subtle kind of player who's not going to be more vocal or, or very abrasive about his way and approach someone who they can control I felt so we were we were we were labeled as more rebellious or maybe a bit rough so um, you know maybe we didn't really fit the bill but that uh, that drove us to 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 want to achieve Yeah, it's interesting, Diva, because, uh, you know, like I've just said, and one who I'm now, forgive me for being a bit biased, but uh, you can simply look at the record books to, to prove my point. Yeah. Gary Duplessis, my brother, had yeah. exactly the same situation as you. Yeah. Uh, and it was obviously white, white cricketers who were picked over him because of the school that he went to. So my brother went to a school just outside Marondera. I'm sure you know which one it is. Um, he'd scored a lot of runs at an average of 62 in the under-19 trials. Mm -hmm. So he scored more runs than Alistair Campbell. He took two wickets less than his streak. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to believe that that was a pretty solid all-round performance. Mm -hmm. But um, because of the fact that there was one of the mothers of a private school who owned a travel agency and who opted to pay for <laughs> six, five or six uh, players to travel to Australia, Gary and another boy from the same school were overlooked. So because they grew up in Kadoma, because they went to the wrong school, yeah. uh, they were overlooked, which, which is incredibly sad. So I hear what you're saying. Um, but what I'd like to know, so it's interesting. So we've now spoken about Ozias Pute. So initially, everybody would have thought, right, finally, we have a voice. We have somebody who we can look up to, a father figure who has now revolutionized Zimbabwe cricket. He's made it. He's made it all inclusive, so players of all colors and cultures finally will be picked on merit, and not because of they went to a private school, not because they are any form of color or a favorite, they, because they're good enough to be playing. When did you start to realize that, oh gosh, I think we may have made a very, very big mistake in including him in our plans? I already stopped playing. Huh? So, so, so was, as a, not as a player, but yeah. just as a... As a Former player and a, and a bystander. Nah, you know exactly what happened in Zim cricket, isn't it? Uh, the game was not being run properly. I think it was more of these people taking care of their own interests, and um, that left Zimbabwe cricket in a predicament, isn't it? And uh, we're still in that predicament, and uh, we're just getting back. It's just getting back on its feet. Uh, it got worse than it was, and uh, I think we, the people who were then. In, uh, hired by Ozzy's Bute uh, didn't have cricket at heart they didn't know anything about cricket that's the worst mistake that he did but who it's 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 to be honest with you to put the blame on Ozzy's is wrong why I say that I put the player the, the, the blame on the players who boycotted and left Zimbabwe cricket and thought that it was going to rot and thought that cricket was not going to thrive or was not going to go ahead with uh Black players being in charge, they made a huge mistake. They should have welcomed the idea of us working together and 
we could have had a good transition from just not from being unfair to having fairness in Zimbabwe cricket. But they all abandoned the ship and they left it in the hands of Bute, who had everything at his mercy. So he ended up deciding on whatever he wanted to do. So that this is where the problem started. Having the wrong people in the right in the wrong place in the wrong place in the wrong positions, making major decisions which they didn't know anything about. And um it destroyed cricket. It destroyed cricket big time. So this is big mistake that uh, that's ever happened in Zim cricket. So can Zimbabwe cricket, as you say, they they barely back on their feet, but are you are you comfortable with the people, the leadership of Zimbabwe cricket? It's a bit of a tricky question because you are involved, but this is just a good uh, heart-to-heart chat. Are you comfortable with the people who are currently running Zimbabwe cricket? They've got cricket at heart. Yeah. They've got serious cricket at heart. You know, that's why you see they've actually stabilized this thing. Uh, we actually, they almost now eradicated the, 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 the debt that we had with the... With the the banks, whatever the situation, or the situation which were put in with yeah. the previous administration. We get cricketers at heart, and we all know who the people are who are in charge right now. They're cricketers, they're people who are, who are passionate about the game. They're thinking about the game, they're thinking about de- developing the game. There is a change. It's different from the, from, from the previous people that we had there. It was atrocious. It was bad. And um, yes, I have faith. And, and and I think the game is open to anyone, and that's why anyone can play this game. You do what you will play. You can make a living out of cricket. It doesn't. You don't have to play for the national team. Doors are open. This can be a stepping stone for you to play international uh, cricket. You know, T Twenty tournaments. Play your cricket. We want to make. They want to make sure that it's it's better run, right, than it was before. Back then, under Ozias. Yeah, people who did not know anything about cricket. That's the sad thing. I think probably some of them really wanted to do the best that they could do, but they were just clueless about the game of cricket and they didn't understand it. That's a sad scenario. So the current the current administration, you got cricketers, you got people who know the game, who got cricket at heart, and that's why they're turning the tables and they and they're sorting the house and they're fixing it up. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. We're together in a pub now. We're not being interviewed by anybody. Somebody walks up to you and says, Diva, I like what you're saying about everybody It will be picked on merit. If you score runs and if you take wickets, you'll be playing. But explain to me then, please, uh, just as a cricket lover, how it is then that the, the player who's currently captain in the one day and the T20 side who hasn't played international cricket for two years and who hasn't unfortunately scored a great deal of runs at domestic cricket is captaining the side what how does the merit in that work uh the merit in that then you gotta understand that the appointments of selectors the appointment of captains was made when as we in the pubs i've asked thrown back that question to you yeah when was that made I want you to answer that. Uh, well, this, the appointment of captains and appointment of selection. When was that done? If I well, not, uh, not exact deaths. Yeah, I, no, 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 of course yeah, not. Yeah. No, I well, certainly from what I remember, Chamuchi Baba was selected as captain. It would have been, I was still in Dubai. It would have been about January this year, 20, 2020, when he was uh, selected as the one day. And the selectors? The one day captain. I think it was round about then as well, 2020. Okay, so now to answer you. All those. The selectors and the captain and the leaders of the t- of the of the of the of the two formats yeah. were all announced at once. 
So was Hamilton Masakaza, beginning of this year. Yes. Who did that? It was the board. Okay? So we all came in like that. Chamuchba was announced as an ODI captain. Uh, Sean Williams was announced as a test captain. And then myself, Gavin Ewing, Pro Sports here, Shepard Makunura were announced as uh, selectors. So that, that decision does not fall with us. Okay? It's something that was put in by the board, which was there, which also nominated us and nominated those leaders. We did not make that decision. We didn't have the mandate, so we came in and we agreed to just take it as it was. We didn't have the mandate to say, no, oh, hang on. We, get a, we, we don't want this leader. We're going to put another one. We're not given that mandate. We're told these are the guys that were selected for this format. And we were just happy to start like that. And that's how we wanted to deal with it. And that's how it's been. And that's the only answer I can give you no, on, on no, Chamuchi no, Baba. I think it's fair enough. Yeah. I, I think it's fair enough, Diva. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, of course, you know, I mean, it's just a question that I'm sure you've been asked a hundred thousand times. People will, you see, and, and the thing is, people don't know that. So they just assume that because you are a selector mm-hmm. and perhaps in charge of selectors, that, that you would have the, the say to that. So thank you for clarifying that because a lot of people aren't aware that it's actually the board who, who makes these very, very big decisions. So, I, um, so Diva, I, I'm, I'm just hoping now from a cricketing perspective that we're actually going to get some cricket happening. And, uh, you know, it's an age-old problem with Zimbabwe. They just they don't get enough cricket. And every time they go back, people expect them to, to perform miracles going onto the field because they were heading in the right direction after that series against Sri Lanka, weren't they? Either way, I think uh, we had, a, we had um, good test cricket matches, yeah? Um, the tour to Bangladesh was a disaster. Um, but I think a lot of lessons to be learned from there. Unfortunately, we never managed to play more matches after that. Um, we're on the right, we're on the right uh, direction here, to be honest with you. And I think we've been giving youngsters a, a, a chance here, to be honest. And we're picking guys who have never been thought of getting picked because they were there up on the charts in terms of... Uh, their performance, like what I said. So, you know, you can't base your performance from two years down the line and say you should be in the team. It does not work like that. And a lot of people say, no, but I scored a test century in... Um, two years ago. Two years ago. It does not work like that. And uh, most of the guys were told to come and play um, the Logan Cup and some decided to go on a holiday and say, no, I'll play the last one. And unfortunately, they didn't make runs and you expect to walk in the team. Such privileges are no longer available. And... You perform, you will play, and 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 that and that's how it is. And I think we're heading in the right direction. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't play well in Bangladesh. Those things do happen, and um, but you know what? It's always going to happen when you try and give chances to new players. And I think the players that we actually gave a chance stood up and uh, um, did well. And uh, Wesley Madere, quite proud of him, the way he played. I think. Me, isn't that a young talent, Diva? Young talent, I think, Dean, there's more, there's more youngsters yeah. out there, you know, I, I'm willing to put my neck on the, on the line, yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and change, and, and make sure that we got more youngsters playing, and, 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 and try and change um, the, the, the setup of, of, of the national team. We want some young blood, and we, we want to make sure that we've got a winning, um, and a hungrier team, and, and look for, look to the future. You know, I've watched a lot of Zimbabwe cricket um, very consistently from about November 1994. And I've seen many people come and go. I've seen many people make their debuts. And what I've seen from a Zimbabwean perspective is that people make their debut and then they grow into their skin, so to speak. 
Wesley Matavera, I don't think I've seen any player make his debut and just be as confident <laughs> and understanding his game as well. I, I honestly cannot think of any other player who I've certainly seen debut for Zimbabwe doing that. Um, you're quite right. Eh? Uh, he's, he started off well, um, but he's just got to keep his feet on the ground, to be honest. And I think if he's going to be listening to this uh, podcast, uh, he's got to make sure that um, he keep his feet on the ground and, and, and work a little bit harder. Because sometimes this game can come back and bite you in the in the back, in the back side. And um, you always, as a player, you, you're always going to have uh, a bad patch. It's, it's, it's normal. It's how you how you handle it and, and, and how players are also um, um, treated or looked after, especially when they go through a bad patch. So he's got to keep his feet on the ground, work a little bit harder. It's just a start, you know. He didn't take it by storm, but uh, he showed some uh, signs that he can be a brilliant player. So we'd love him to score more runs. We'd love him to take more wickets. I'd not to be satisfied by scoring 40s and 50s, mm. yeah, but it's a great start for a youngster. And I think is is one for the future, and um, I hope he can uh, bring back some good memories for us. Yeah. It's all about attitude, consistency, and listening to what people have to say. David Mutandera, wow, what a wonderful interview this has been. Yeah. Thank you for taking time out. Thank you for thank you for opening your heart and for sharing some of the things that perhaps, as you rightly said, you you put to the back of your mind because at that time you thought, well, there's nothing we can do about it. But yeah. thank you for sharing some of the sadness, some of the happiness, some of the confusion with listeners who I'm sure have always looked up to you and never really known a great deal about about you. Thank you for coming on to Dean at Stumps and for opening your heart to the listeners. It's a pleasure, Dean. Well, you'll be listening to the Dean at Stumps podcast. Thank you so much. We will be back again pretty soon with another player or indeed commentator. But until then, stay safe. been listening to Dean at Stumps, Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket podcast.